I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. 11 to 1 Sinead Brazel on LMFM. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you, rocking her body to Backstreet Boys. How are you getting on? Hope you're doing well today. You can get in touch. 086-1800-658 on WhatsApp and text. It was barely 9am this morning and I was in floods of tears and it was all John Lewis's fault. You see, this is the time of the year that the battle of who can make the most heartwarming Christmas ad begins. And the people at John Lewis, they rarely fail in their efforts to have me and my overactive tear duct in full on blubbering mess. And this year, they absolutely nailed it with their ad. And look, it's one of these ones where you have to sort of see it really, but I'll play a little bit of it. It's a heartwarming tale. Of course it is. Uh, And it centres on a middle-aged man learning to skateboard. Why would you be blubbering over that, you might ask? Well... He becomes kind of, as the ad goes on, he becomes obsessed with this new hobby as Christmas approaches and we soon learn why because he is preparing for a young girl called Ellie to arrive uh, to his house with himself and the wife and uh, she is going to be their foster child and it's just like all of the feels that you need and it was just like me who has an overactive tear duct did not need to maybe have this played at 9am in the morning. So there you go. I'm going to give you a little bit of a taster of this. He's fastening the helmet and getting ready to skate. Yeah, we can't wait. We got any peas? We're really excited. Merry Christmas. All the Small things, true care, truth brings. You're okay. I'll take yeah, I'm fine. 
your ride Best trip always I know you'll be at my show watching waiting How did it go? Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. He's there trying his very best to nail the skateboarding with all the tricks. And anyone uh, who would have skateboarded as a kid, or even now, if you're trying to take it up, you'll know you're going to get a lot of knocks, bumps and bruises along the way. And here is the moment when young Ellie arrives. Hi, Ellie. Hi. Oh, yeah. I skate a bit too. Oh, it's going to set me off again. It really is. But it's it says the ad notes that over 108,000 children are currently in the care system in the UK. So they're working with partnership for activism for children. And it's just, yeah, it's it's lovely. It really is. All the fields on a Thursday morning. Well done. John Lewis, Christmas ad. Code line and LMFM's 11 to 1. The one. All the ones there in that sentence. Uh, people getting in touch about John Lewis. Yes, it is. It's a tearjerker of a one. And I do, uh, like many of you, it seems, have an overactive tear duct, particularly when it comes to this kind of time of the year and Christmas time. Now, moving from Christmas to the present day, because this is very, very unusual. Now, if you've ever visited an art gallery, you know, there's a certain sort of I don't know, what would you kind of say, uh, attitude one's adop- one adopts when one's in there, where, you know, you sort of peruse the artworks and you're very respectful and all that kind of thing. But what would happen if you let dogs run amok in an art gallery? Well, the very first, uh, for Ireland anyway, uh, dog exhi- art exhibition for dogs, I should say, is opening. I'm going to be chatting to the artist and illustrator behind this just after these. 11 to 1. With Normally, when you visit an art gallery, you expect people to be walking around politely, taking in the artist's work, commenting maybe on brush strokes or subject matter. You certainly wouldn't expect to see sniffing and barking until now. As today, artist and illustrator Ruin van Vliet will open Ireland's first exhibition for dogs. I had to find out more about this. I'm delighted to be joined by artist and illustrator Ruin van Vliet. He's on the line with me now. How are you getting on, Ruin? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, I'm a regular at art galleries, but I've never seen an exhibition of art just for dogs. Tell me, where did this idea come from? <laughs> um, well, uh, I got I got a dog uh, um, late last year, and at the time, uh, my girlfriend was away for work, so I spent two months with just me and the dog, and it was a very heavy sort of round the clock, you know, learning to uh, look after a dog and all the rest. And my mind was just, I couldn't really think of anything. Um, so when the guys from Hen's Teeth, which is the the gallery where the, the exhibition is on, they approached me and asked, um, you know, would we, you know, would I like to do an exhibition together and what would it be about? All I could really think to say was, let's do something for dogs because it's kind of all I can think about right now. <laughs> Brilliant. And what was their reaction? Because, you know, I know that hen's teeth, are they like to kind of push the boat out with things. They're, you know, not afraid of an unusual concept. <laughs> well, yeah, this is it. Like the, uh, I actually had my dog there at this meeting because I couldn't leave her alone back then. And, um, you know, uh, everybody was really into the idea and kind of straight away we started coming up with a list of little sort of touches that we thought would be kind of funny or clever. Um 
And it's just like the, the Hensies guys have been like very sort of encouraging uh, of all this kind of silliness and any kind of like mad idea I've had. They're like, yeah, let's give it a go. I love yeah. that because it's, it's, it, you don't see it often in the art world. It can be a little stuffy and quiet in galleries. Uh, this is going to be a case of unleash the mayhem later on today. Completely, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's going to be the exact opposite of um, the National Gallery. Oh, totally. Uh, now, tell me about uh, Teasy. This is your dog. Uh, you, yeah. I presume you tested out the work and the idea on her. Yeah, yeah. She's she's been in. Uh, we like I've been in the gallery the last few days, and we're running around like mad things, kind of getting everything ready. And Teasy came in yesterday and sort of passed her eye over uh, all the bits and pieces. And I think she had a good time while she was here. She's coming in later again for the opening. Um, I think she's very excited. Uh, you know, mostly. I think for a lot of people, you know, uh, art openings are more about the socialising than yeah. actually uh, uh, appreciating the art. So I think the dogs as well tonight will mostly be looking to uh, hang out with each other um, rather than like sort of stop and reflect and take in the you know very significant sort of emotional uh, aspect of the art. <laughs> Absolutely. And tell me, because, you know, you've everything from the usual sort of prints and things like that that you would expect to find, but you've got everything from uh, things that the dogs can sniff and everything. Um, well, we had uh, originally planned for there to be like a, a, a giant dog's arse in the centre of the room <laughs> for them to, to, to climb on and sniff and all the rest. But budget constraints... Uh, <laughs> Did not allow that to happen, but yeah, that th- there'll be like prints as usual. Um, I've made like uh, dog tags and uh, bandanas for the dogs. There's a, a big sort of interactive um, art board thing. There's a kind of cruft style play area for them to run around in, and you know we'll have uh, bowls of water and free treats and uh, maybe even some sticks and and all the rest, just sort of line about for them. If if they get bored of looking at the prints, then, you know, they can go and have a play in the Scruffs area. I love that. And, you know, I've, I've seen some of your work and, uh, you know, it's not surprising that you would do something like this because your work is very bold, very colourful, very playful. You like to bring a lot of humour into what you do. Oh, completely, yeah. Um, I think, like, you know, trying to be funny is probably <laughs> the, the main reason I make uh, anything. <laughs> and, and how did you get into art yourself, uh, Ruin? What sort of drew you to this line of work? Um, well, um, it, my, my dad was, uh, you know, an artist and uh, worked in advertising and graphic design. And it was just always, you know, in the house, it, like in school, I was the kid who could draw and all the rest. And it's just always been um, an outlet for me. But I only became an illustrator. Like, because I, I worked with my dad growing up and all the rest of it. I didn't go to art college or anything like that. And I didn't even know that you could be an illustrator. I didn't know that was a, a way to make money um, until much later in life. Um, so I've only been doing this, I guess, full-time for maybe uh, six or seven years or something now. Fantastic. And it's, and it's all working out. And crazy concepts like an art exhibition for dogs are being embraced, which is absolutely brilliant. Now, obviously, this is for humans as well. You're very much encouraging humans to come along to this. Yes, definitely. Like, you don't have to have a dog to attend. Like, if you're just somebody who, who likes dogs, um, I'm sure you'll get something out of it as well. Um, especially if you just want to meet lots of dogs, because um, hopefully they'll be sort of filling the, uh, the gallery space for the next week. 
Fantastic. Well, I wish you the best of luck with this. It's such an unusual concept. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to join me this Thanks morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Uh, it's called uh, The Exhibition for Dogs. It's by Ruin Van Vliet. It opens today, runs till November 15th at the Hens Teeth Studio at Mill Street, Dublin 8. You can check out Ruin's work, by the way. His we- website is Ruin, so R-U-A-N-V-A-N-V-I-L-E-T.com. George Ezra, Green Green Grass and LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, there's an awful lot of news lately about the RSV virus and young children contracting this. We're going to be chatting all about this now shortly with Sheena Mitchell. She's our pharmacist from Enfield County Mead. That's coming your way after these. 11 to 1. There is nothing more worrying than when your small child is struggling to breathe. It can be quite scary for parents. And lately there seems to be a lot of small children suffering from RSV virus. Even earlier this week, comedian Amy Schumer revealed her own son was admitted to hospital with the condition. So what is RSV? What causes it? And most importantly, what can we do if our child starts displaying symptoms? I'm delighted to be joined once again by pharmacist Sheena Mitchell. She's from Milltown Total Health Pharmacy. She's the founder of wonderbaba.ie it's a brilliant online resource for parents and she also hosts the Wonder Baba podcast and the latest episodes discuss RSV and other respiratory related illnesses. Sheena, it's great to have you back. Thanks for having me back. Great to be here. The uh, RSV virus, what is it first of all and what is this infection doing in the body? Yeah, so there tends to be a little bit of confusion around this because there's two terms that are often used. So RSV is the respiratory syncytial virus but it is the leading cause of bronchiolitis. So basically bronchiolitis, the main cause of that is RSV. And that's what the problem is. So bronchiolitis is kind of, I suppose, the physical manifestation of the virus in the body. And it causes inflammation in the bronchioles. And you get a lot of inflammation in the airways and a lot of congestion as well. So it can make, you know, I suppose, a lot of things difficult for your children in terms of breathing, etc., and, and why are we hearing so much about this in the news at the moment? Is it that this virus is spreading more rapidly? Is there a cause for concern with this? Yeah, so this is really interesting. Um, so this virus basically causes bronchiolitis. Normally, 93% of the cases are in the zero to four year age group. Um, but normally, most kids would have had it by the age of two. So I do definitely wonder is there an element of, you know, lack of immunity due to lockdowns in that age group for RSV? So children who would normally maybe have come across it before haven't and now we're seeing large, you know, large numbers. Yeah. But even even at that, to be honest, the numbers last year as well and this year are kind of off the scale, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, like normally pre-COVID, for, we talk in terms of weeks, in terms of kind of measuring the number of cases of of bronchiolitis and RSV and normally 2019 at this time of year kind of from week 40 to 44 so say kind of October month we would have had around 20 to 30 cases a week so last year was the first year that it really kind of escalated and we started seeing cases over 100 from week 39 and you know, kind of going right up at this time of year to over 300 and 400. Yeah, and this year it's showing a similar pattern, but even a little bit higher. So it definitely is a concern. And I suppose the main reason, like with RSV and bronchiolitis, it is treatable. And most children, it'll be self-limiting. But obviously there are some children who need additional support. 
And I can only imagine what the children's hospitals are like now. You know, yeah. they were already under pressure. So this certainly won't be helping. Yeah. And, and you know, you mentioned there will be some kids that be in the vulnerable categories, people, uh, maybe kids that have been born prematurely or with congenital, congenital lung issues, heart issues, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And this is the thing in older children and even in adults, if they come across RSV, the symptoms can be very similar to a cold. Yes. Um, and definitely with any children, as you said there, you know, with additional risk factors, they would be more susceptible to, I suppose, the severe symptoms and the severe inflammation. But even a normal young baby, like it, bronchiolitis is a funny one. It starts off and you're kind of, okay, I just have my child with a runny nose and they have a very mild fever. This is fine. Might be coughing a little bit. It's a dry cough. Everything seems fine. But with bronchiolitis, from day three to five, that's when it tends to peak and I suppose give parents fear because the inflammation in the bronchioles, so that's basically what allows your child, you know, to pass oxygen from the air into their bloodstream. Um, they get really inflamed and congested. And, you know, that I suppose is the most concerning part because that's where they'll start to have difficulty breathing. They'll start to breathe fast. They'll be drawing their lungs in. It's quite an unusual breathing pattern. Um, And the cough is quite distinctive as well because it is dry cough, but because you get a runny nose with bronchiolitis, it can sound mucousy. And actually the airways can be so inflamed that deep down in the lungs that it can sound mucousy, but generally, you know, it is a dry cough. So I actually have a clip of a bronchiolitis you know, it's cough. funny. it's yeah. funny that you mentioned it because I literally have a question here because I listened to the episode last night. Um, it's on the Wonder Baba podcast if people want to check it out and it's dealing with RSV and there's a great audio sound of the baby's cough and I actually have, I have the sound of the cough. So we're going to play a little bit of the cough and then we can have a little chat about that. <laughs> So as yeah. you say there, it's quite a chesty, mucousy sounding cough, but it's a, it's a frightening sound, I have to say. Yeah, and it is important to say that weirdly it's a dry cough, okay? Right. So what what all of that sound is, is inflammation. And it is a frightening cough because it's really persistent. So they keep coughing and they start to become breathless. They're struggling to get enough air into their lungs. So they're pulling their, you know, they're pulling their stomach in. And it can, you know, it's good in that you can see it. So I'd always advise parents to look at the chest and look at the breathing. Um, the laboured breathing will start and then they'll start to breathe faster. Uh, but it is quite frightening because you can see they're struggling. And the addition of the runny nose is really, <laughs> yeah, really tricky help. for kids. Yeah, especially babies, they're trying to feed. So, mm. you know, when either breastfed or bottle fed babies, both of them are completely reliant on their nose to breathe while they're feeding. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, their nose is blocked. They can't breathe. And then it just kind of sets off this whole you know, stressful kind of coughing episode for them and the lungs are inflamed and it's just, yeah, it's not easy on them. So what should we do when this happens? Because look, there's nothing scarier than watching your child struggle to, to breathe. Is it like a case of get to the hospital quick or will a visit to the GP be the first option? Yeah, so I'd start off, first of all, like it is important to remember that a lot of bronchiolitis can be treated at home and will just look like a bad cold, you okay. know, and a dry cough. So what I would say is, 
always, especially with young babies, this is the one situation where I'd advise people to set an alarm at night, you know, every okay. few hours to get up and check on your baby. I right. never, I never advise that. This <laughs> Until is, <laughs> this situation, yeah, absolutely. Yes, sleep is everything. But yeah, no, I would in this situation because there's a lot you can look at without actually waking your baby. So don't wake the baby, but go in and just maybe check their temperature, have a little feel at the top of their head and make sure that that little soft spot on young babies isn't sunken because that can be a sign of dehydration. Oh, interesting, and, right. Yeah. And if you can kind of pull the blanket off them or unzip the gold bag or whatever, you know, whatever covering you have on them and just have a look at their chest. See if they're breathing faster than normal and see if they're pulling in their chest under their lungs. If they're struggling like that, then that is definitely you know, I suppose a doctor, if it's not too bad, but if it is severe breathing issues, that's an A&E trip right okay. there. Um, you can also definitely help them by feeding babies in the upright position and using a saline nasal spray before feeding, about 15 minutes before feeding. This just unblocks the nose because the runny nose is part of it and it basically stops the I suppose them not being able to feed and it can get rid of that post-nasal drip that can cause irritation in the throat as well. So I'd use a spray at night time as well when just before they're going to bed mm-hmm. um, and even a humidifier if you have one to keep all the mucus running. Other than that, you're keeping them hydrated. So yeah. you're watching out for things like dry nappy. You want to make sure that they're having regular wet nappies and that, as I said earlier, the soft spot isn't sunken. They're drinking at least 50% of the normal feeds. And obviously you're treating a temperature if it's elevated, as you need to. If your child has any difficulty breathing, you suspect dehydration, or if they're very drowsy or irritable, so they're not kind of responding to their normal cues, you know, if you're tickling them or like clapping or playing in front of them and they're not really interested in you and they're just falling back asleep, that's a doctor scenario. Okay. yeah, so for the A&E trips, it's really only if they're having severe breathing issues, if you start to see any blueness around the lips or mouth mm-hmm. area, or even around the ears, actually, in young oh, babies, sometimes okay. it happens around the ears, yeah. And if there's any very long pauses in between breathing. Mm. So some babies will kind of, especially young babies, almost forget to breathe sometimes. Oh my God, the amount of times that you'd have heart <laughs> failure and you'd be going yeah. right up to them to see, oh my God, are they breathing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you do. But I, and this is where it's hard because sometimes that is completely normal. You know, they okay. can just literally not bother and you are there stressing out. But in bronchiolitis or laboured breathing, you know, you're looking for kind of, recurrent pauses in the Mm. breathing pattern and you know this is where gut instinct comes in yeah, yeah, there's nothing so, like that good instinct of a parent completely. Now, I did hear as recently as last night, now, not in terms of the RSV situation, but just in terms of congestion and uh, small children, somebody was putting onions in the baby's room to take out the toxin. Is this a wives' tale or does this actually work? I have not come across any scientific <laughs> evidence for that. <laughs> However... I like to think, you know, that I'm very open-minded, but (laughs) I think if you're putting something in the room, you would be better with something like a eucalyptus oil, especially for young children. Look, like we all know onions are irritating to your eyes, so I can't imagine that's going to be easy (laughs) on a baby's body. (laughs) But putting something like, you know, the most gentle one would be the Snuffle Babe Vapor Oil. And putting that in a little bowl under the radiator, although if anyone is like me, they've no heat on most of the I know, time now. it's very warm, yeah. Yeah, and just, yeah, with the oil prices and everything, I'm like, no, everyone just wear loads of clothes and have hot water bottles. <laughs> 
But even putting that on a, you know, on a bib and have it at the side of the cot, whatever, you know, just okay. to try and have that in the room, that'll help to keep the mucus running. Because the worst thing that can happen with congestion is that overnight, as your baby's breathing through their nose, the mucus starts to thicken and dry out. And that's when it becomes irritating. And that's when your baby will start coughing at night. Okay. I have actually a podcast on blocked and snotty noses, which I know doesn't sound very nice, but... <laughs> There's loads of information on that about there, congestion. There really so is. There's, there's, a, there's a whole series that you've done on respiratory information in terms of kids on the podcast. It really is fantastic. It's a great one for people to just dip in and out of as they need as well. Uh, what about, now you did mention when it was feeding, but what about propping up uh, babies at night time to stop that drip or is that a big no-no as well? No, that's definitely a good idea. Like, okay. you know, it's, I suppose the old idea of putting a couple of um, bricks or books under the head of the cot so that your baby is elevated and that gravity can help a little bit with the drainage of congestion um, or the nasal drip down into the chest. So that's definitely a good idea. Obviously, you just need to make sure, you know, that you're, it's not too dramatic for your yeah. baby isn't rolling. Um, but yeah, no, that's definitely a good idea. Fantastic. Well, Sheena, thank you so much for all of this information. Great having you on the show again. No problem. Thank you for having me. Wonderbaba.ie. You can also get the Wonderbaba podcast on all your podcast providers. Now, going to take a quick break and we've got music from Phil Linnett and we're going back in time. 11 to 1. Now it's time to go back in time and this is popping up today. Yes, today is Sesame Street Day in North Northeast Update. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 774455. Yes, on this day, 1969, Sesame Street premiered on PBS TV, and today is, in fact, Sesame Street Day. It was first established in 2009 to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the show's original broadcast, and it began, as I say, in 1969 in the US. It was a creation of the Children's Television Workshop and uh, it's an educational series that combined live actors with animation as well as special puppets by Jim Henson and in, in that time it has gained quite the following uh, with the first international version of the show uh, it didn't take long to come about which was in Brazil in 1972 and then of course the rest is history so celebrating Sesame Street today LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows creating the perfect home is a journey let us guide you visit our Drogheda and Dundalk showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Now time to get back to the music. Here's Phil Linnett on LMFM's 11 to 1. There's Phil Linnett with Old Town on LMFM's 11 to 1. News at 12 is approaching and after that we hear from students who've returned to education through Dundalk Training Centre and I'll have my TV recommendations for you. That's all to come. 11 to 1. Dua Lipa kicking off our second hour Sinead Brazel here with you till one uh, apparently she had a bit of a chaotic episode last night uh, after well actually before her gig even started it was in Sydney uh, last night and she was due to perform a huge huge gig and there was chaos because technology failed the you know the ticket ek app uh, stopped working and uh, they left people basically unable to prove that they had a ticket and then they were forced to kind of go through 
through all their emails for confirmation and then the security had to kind of go through manually. Oh my God, absolute nightmare. But after the technical glitch, she absolutely brought it, as she always does. Dua Lipa, I'd love to see her live. I've seen a couple of um, snippets of her live performances on Instagram and she just seems to have an absolutely amazing show. So the show did go on, but there you go. Technology sometimes just doesn't cooperate with you. It really doesn't. Anyway, time to check in with the world of celebrity now. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Louise. James Corden stars in new series Mammals, which hits Amazon Prime on Friday. It follows the story of Jamie, a chef whose world implodes when he discovers shocking secrets about his pregnant wife. We caught up with James and the writer of the show, Jez Butterworth, and James told us he always tries to surprise people with roles he takes on. I've always enjoyed trying to surprise people. After post Gavin and Stacey, when I went and did a play, that people were surprised. Oh, I didn't know you could do that, and then hosting the show, and and then doing this. So I sort of always just enjoy that thing because I, I think there's always room for improvement in all of us. I think I can improve. I think I can get better, and I feel like I'm a better actor now. Post this. Jennifer Aniston's revealed she tried IVF, but now that ship has sailed and she has zero regrets. The 53-year-old actress told Allure magazine that suggestions her marriage has ended because she didn't want kids are absolute lies. The Friends star whose relationships with Brad Pitt and Justin Theroux broke down after five and two years respectively admitted she was trying to get pregnant in her 30s and 40s. Drake says he watches social media to see what's being said about him and his new music. He had new music out last Friday with 21 Savage. The song's called Her Loss and here's what he said about social media. I know I'm going to be up all night looking at tweets. I feel like that's how you know you got something special. Like, even with my last album, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to look at what they say because this is really just for me and for, like, my own experience. But this one, I'm like, I got to see what they're saying. That's The Buzz. I'm Louise. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. I did see a little trailer for that new series that's landed on Prime starring James Gordon called Mammals. Looks interesting. Might have to give it an L watch. Uh, we will be talking TV, by the way, and my recommendations for the week later on in the programme. But first, back to the music. Goo Goo Dolls with Iris and LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, are you an early school leaver? And are you thinking you'd like to return to education, but you feel you might be better suited to an alternative route to the regular sort of school route? Well, help is at hand because Dundalk Community Training Centre, they offer a range of different courses for people and they are helping people who maybe didn't do a leave insert or want to go back to school, but not the traditional school route. We're going to be finding out more from uh, some of the students involved in the Dundalk Training Centre and also their tutor after these. 11 to 1. Are you an early school leaver? Would you like to return to education but feel you would be better suited to an alternative to the regular school route? Well, Dundalk Training Centre are hoping to get the word out about the various courses they offer uh, for those wanting to gain qualifications that will help them enter the workforce or further study. From woodwork to technology, communications courses as well, there's something to suit all interests. Joining me now to tell us more is tutor at the centre, Sarah Hardesty, and her students, Kylam and Courtney, who have both returned to education through Dundalk Training Centre. How are we doing this, this afternoon, guys? 
Good afternoon, Sinead. We're very well here at the centre. Great. Uh, important to be finding. Fantastic. Well, Sarah, we'll start with you first of all. Uh, tell us more about yeah. the training centre there in Dundalk and the services that you provide. Okay, so we're based in Holland Avenue, close to the centre in Dundalk. And basically we provide informal QQI Level 3 um, and QQI Level 4 uh, specification. So the QQI Level 3 would be equivalent to the Junior Cert and QQI Level 4 would be equivalent to the Leaving Cert Applied. We also um, provide training in DTCP hairdressing, which is a progression route to PLC. Yes, very, oh, very good. And, and you know, it's mainly kind of, you know, sort of early, early school leavers from kind of people from 16 up to about 20, is it? It, it is indeed, it is, yeah. yeah we cater for, for young people between the age of 16 to 21. And it's an, it is an alternative route to the formal education, you know. So um, in the centre, we endeavour to meet young people where they're at, help them gain confidence and help them on the journey of being the back starting of themselves, you know and attain the skills they need to gain employment or progress to from level three to level four or level four to PLC or an apprenticeship or yeah, you know what? Whatever route sort of they they want yeah, it. Whatever. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, yeah. we, I mentioned only briefly some of them there. I mean, you have lots on offer here from from woodwork okay. communications. Tell, yeah. give us an idea of the courses. So. We run with, with the QQI level three, so it's equivalent to the junior set. So what we do is we, we run two programs of it. We run two, two programs of it and two programs of level four. And um, there, there are core subjects that are compulsory to complete in order to attain the award. So let's say at level three, the compulsory would be math, words assessing, career preparation, personal interpersonal skills and communication. They would be the core. And then thereafter... Um, the learners would pick if they want to do woodwork, if they want to do art, if they want to do hairdressing, health and fitness, you know. So there's a good variety there of options. And then obviously, if they come in with a junior cert and they're going to level four, they have to do the mass communication, personal practice, career planning. And we also do work experience at level four. And it is a practical module. So they have to go out into the workplace um, one day a week that module but after that then they have the options of understanding into culturalism childcare, painting woodcraft retail sales customer service health and fitness I mean the list just goes on and on you know yeah absolutely and constantly added to yeah, and, and you guys are very much, you know, it's it's much more hands-on than, say, the traditional school approach. Like you say there, work experiences incorporated, things like career building, CV, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so would, would most of your students be early school leavers or people who might have gone through the system but felt, you know what, actually, this isn't for me? It would be both, really. Yeah. You know, there is no atypical learner who comes here. Most are obviously, you know, have had bad experience in the formal education um, system and some maybe struggled through the formal education system and decided they wanted to, you know, come back and maybe get more one-to-one support and, mm. you know, more training through us. Because, I mean, we do a lot extra as well, like, um, we do bricklaying and construction. They can get their safe pass here, forklift di- driving, barista yeah. training, gelac nails, you know. And we also do theory task preparation. And um, we actually take the learners to 
um, a driving simulator. And oh, they can prepare themselves for driving and learning how to drive and all that, you know. That should be across the board. That really should. I, I love that idea. I'm going to bring Kylam in there. He's, he's waiting patiently there yeah. beside you. Uh, Kylam, yeah. uh, great great to chat to you on the programme. You you completed the Leaving Cert Applied at school and you went into a PLC, but you soon kind of found that this wasn't really for you. Yeah, I started a lot more comfortable, comfortable training plan, though. It was more like my work for the that, job. It, it suited you a little bit better. So you're in there in the training centre. Tell us about your experience so far. How how long have you been studying there with them? Uh, near five months. And I think it's really great. It's offered me a lot more, like for my future, job, given me a lot more qualifications to go out and get a job. Like Fantastic. And, and you're working towards a level four award, which is brilliant. So t- tell us what you're studying. Uh, there's 12 subjects in total I'm studying and like I start from mathematics and then communication, personal effectiveness. Uh, we do a bit of career planning, health and fitness, like we're going to the gym today for that. Uh, we go on walks as well, play the all game of football, do tennis and so on. Like it's a lot, lot more hands-on to the health and fitness. Oh, fantastic. Uh, we do work experience, work placements, uh, understanding interculturalism, like we go into Irish heritage and do a lot about our history and hopefully planning and trip the new grand soon. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and, and you mentioned the work experience. You've managed to secure work experience in an area that you're interested in. Yeah, I'm currently doing it in my uh, local youth centre, Dundalk Youth Centre. And, and what's that been like to kind of get a real taste of the kind of work that maybe you might do after after this the, the study? Yeah, it's great to actually get like a field for it. It's great that they could help me kind of get experience in the trade I want. Fantastic. And Courtney is beside you there. Courtney is uh, is is also a student there at Dundalk Training Centre. And Courtney, you're completely different now from, from Kylam. You left school at 16. School just wasn't for you. The traditional route wasn't for you. No, it wasn't. And what was it like then starting your study there at Dundalk Training Centre? It was a lot more better and... Well, as soon as I started here, I felt more motivated than I would have sat in school. That's fantastic because, yeah, it can be when you're in the right environment, that really is key to getting that motivation going. Absolutely. So you're working towards level three, which would be basically the equivalent to the junior cert. So how are you finding that? Yeah, I'm finding it very good. I'm hoping to get up to the level four soon because I'm flying through all my folders. I'm getting through it quite fast. That's fantastic. So way quicker than you would have done at school, which is key because look, everyone learns differently and this is kind of the way you've you've uh, found that the training through the Dundalk Training Centre has been so much better. So what has been the most challenging part? You're after saying you're flying through everything. I don't think you're finding anything challenging, are you? No, well, like, I was felt a bit nervous when I was uh, doing my interviews um, but all the traders and key workers did give you very good support Oh, that's great. So you get trial runs and then you're able for the real thing. So what has been the most rewarding then? I suppose it's probably hard to pick one thing that's been the most rewarding. I've got more confidence in myself now and I can do work in folders that I didn't think I could have did when I first started here. Because I wouldn't have got that done in school. That's that's fantastic. That really is a testament to the work that they're doing. And, and Kylam, how would you encourage others there in, in a similar situation to yourself and Courtney to, to give it a go, to try Dundalk Training Centre as a route? 
uh, I just feel that personally it offers a lot of more experience and a lot of fields. It's a nice, comfortable place to be. Everyone gets along. Everyone makes you feel welcomed. It's not the pressure of school. Like, uh, even in the river, kind of thing that everyone sits there and gets along offers a great, like, we have a, a dinner system and our chef Eileen even makes you feel welcome when you go to get your dinner. It's a nice, welcome and warm place. Everyone feels happy. No one's uh, arguing. It's just a nice, calm, relaxing environment. Well, you had me at dinner there, Kylam. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what a way to... Three people's stomachs to kind of entice them into this. Sarah, I have to say, Kylam and Courtney are a testament to the centre there oh and the work God. that they do. They're yeah. absolutely... Because it's not easy speaking on the radio, so fair play to them. So how can people apply? What criteria do they need to have? Okay, but there's no criteria they need to have to apply. Obviously, they have to be over 16 to apply, or 16 to apply... Um, so, I mean, what I would encourage people to do would be um, just come into the centre. You can come in in person, uh, fill out an expression of interest form. You can phone us. Would it be okay if I gave out the contact details? Yeah, absolutely. Work away, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you can email us first at infoweston.ctc.ie. Yep. Yeah. You can do it. We have a website up and running, so that's www.dundalkctc.ie. Or you can phone us on landline 042-93-38340 or on the mobile is 086-070-7230 and then oh, you can get us through Facebook. Fantastic. See, lots of different ways for people to get in touch. Well, I wish yeah. Kylam and Courtney the very best to look with your future studies. Thank you all so, so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us, Ted. Th- thanks a million. If you want more there it's uh, dundalkctc.ie that is where you'll get the information there on their website there's lots of details there uh, now going to take a quick break we're back with music from Dermot Kennedy 11 to 1 Instagram now back to the music here's Dermot Kennedy Dermot Kennedy there with Better Days and LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, I got an email this morning from Gemma Mackin. She is uh, with the Balbriggan Garda Station and she's the Domestic Abuse Coordinator there. And she asked me to put the word out about this. So they are going to be holding a seminar slash coffee morning next week. It's on next Thursday, this day week, uh, 17th of November. And it's all part of Fingal Inclusion Week. So it's going to happen in the Hamilton Room in Balbriggan Library at 10 a.m. And herself and representative from Evenus Women's Refuge are going to be giving a joint presentation about domestic abuse, support for women uh, all the details with regards to that now if people want further information or details or anything like that, by the way Evenus.ie is the website for those guys but also you can contact uh, Gemma, you can reach her on balbriggan.dac at garda.ie or you can give her a call, she's one treble six four five hundred so it's oh one treble six four five hundred and that'll get you her and uh, as I say it's happening next Thursday in the Hamilton Room Balbriggan Library at 10am now time for this LMFM Job Search with thanks to LMFM Online check out the latest Northeast news sport and entertainment on lmfm.ie Uniblock requires a customer services slash sales support and credit control person please send your CVs to B Hassett so that's B then H-A-S-S-E-T-T at uniblock.ie Tresses and Talons in Betty's Town requires a senior stylist to join their multi-award winning team. Please apply to Hazel. She's Hazel Boschel, so it's B-O-S-H-E-L-L at hotmail.com. 
And Frameform Steel Systems Limited are recruiting staff for their technical and production departments at their new facility in the Finnebar Business Park in Dundalk. For details, check the jobs section on their website, frameform.com. Don't forget all of the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. Sinead Brazel on LMFM. As I walk through... There's Coolio, Gangsters Paradise on LMFM's 11 to 1. Now it's Thursday, which means we talk TV and this week an experimental dating show. Things heat up in the kitchen for the Bake Off finalists and the most anticipated series returns to Netflix. That's all coming your way after these. 11 to 1. It's Thursday, which means we are talking TV and I have some great recommendations for you this week. Starting tonight on Orty 2 at 9.35, this is a brand new dating show with a difference. It's called The Love Experiment. So it says uh, it's based around a social experiment designed by psychologist Dr. Arthur Aaron in the 1990s. So throughout the series, strangers will be paired together to ask each other a series of questions that scientific studies suggest can lead to falling in love. I have a little taster of the trailer of it. Here it is. What is your most treasured memory? What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? What would you most regret not having told someone? Halfway through it just really felt like we were really looking at each other. I wish I had someone with whom I could share yeah my life with. looks very good I remember at the time when they were putting the call aid for singletons to get involved in this looks like a real range of ages as well involved in this so these questions they'll pose them to each other and will sparks fly judging from the clip there there's a lot of eye contact steamy steamy eye contact uh, so that's the love experiment tonight or T2 at 9.35 moving to Tuesday and oh my god I can't believe it is the final of the Great British Bake Off of course Channel 4 at 8pm so this time they've won last chance to impress the judges and be crowned the overall winner so they'll have to put together the perfect picnic for the signature challenge they'll have to create a summer classic for the technical and the final showstopper which just sounds bizarre but they have to make a celebration of the planet so there you go Great British Bake Off putting them to the test there with that last showstopper who will be crowned we'll have to wait and see Tuesday Channel 4 at 8pm and of course I was chatting about this all week we even had an exclusive yesterday with uh, the cast but we're talking about the crown Um, it is the most modern depiction of the monarch's continuous reign and it really focuses on Diana and Charles' drama. So we meet present-day Elizabeth II, Imelda Staunton. She's being essentially poked and prodded in her uh, physical examination by her doctor and, you know, basically this is kind of introducing us to, okay, the Queen is of an age now, she's getting on in years and, you know, really it's kind of time for the next generation. So they have put, very cleverly, they've put Diana and Charles kind of at the centre stage here 
So the Queen and the Duke take a bit of a back seat and essentially it's the build-up um, to Diana's, of course, uh, infamous BBC interview and we all know by now the length that Martin Bashir went to to get that interview. That's explored in here as well. Uh, the season doesn't quite build up to that fateful night in Paris in 1997 just yet, but it is alluded to. So the drama is strictly reserved for Diana versus Charles. Now, in true me style, I went back and started watching the whole thing from the start. So I'm going to have to wait to get stuck into season five. But I'm really loving it, even watching it this second time around. I'm almost finished season two, so I'm going to get stuck into season three and then the rest of them before I hit season five. But it is back in our lives. And those are my top TV recommendations. LMFM's 11 to 1. That is our lot on the show for today. Thank you so much for your company, as always. We'll be back tomorrow with films and floor fillers and all besides. Have a great day. I'll leave you with Elton John. 11 to 1. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 087 660 4237.